How are we doing today, Wolfpack fans? Today is a special day. Very, very special day. It is your host of Pack Center, Austin Paschke. I am joined, like always, with my co-host, Tyler Seth. But today, like I said, is a very special day. We are joined by ex-UNR national champion, someone who's having his pro boxing debut on Saturday, June 8th, in the Reno Sparks Convention Center, airing on ESPN. He's going to be taking on William Flanoy. I am blessed and honored to say we have J.J. Moreno joining us on the show. J.J., thank you so much for coming on and hanging out with us today, man. We really appreciate it. Anytime. First off, as a local Nevadan, growing up in Sparks, going to Reed, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. um, what does it mean to be able to come to your hometown and have your professional debut in front of a crowd that's definitely going to be backing you and behind you all yeah. night? No, it, it means the world because, I mean, I wouldn't have gotten to the point where I'm at without everyone's support. You know, um, obviously representing UNR, uh, university, the entire uh, Reno, Nevada area, I mean, it means the world. And then being able to make my pro, pro debut here in town, I know that everyone that supported me throughout college that knows me from high school, middle school, elementary school, they're all going to be there to support. And, you know, it just it means the world to me. Yeah, yeah going off that point, kind of what you said about uh, fighting in your hometown, do you feel any, like, added pressure having your uh, fight be up in Reno right absolutely now? <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely um yeah definitely uh I prefer to fight out of town just because you know there's no pressure I don't need to impress anyone I don't feel the uh like the fact that I, I'd be letting people down if I lost mm-hmm. you know uh, so the added pressure is there but I wouldn't have it any other way because I want to show uh biggest little city how far I've come and what I'm doing with uh, the bo- my boxing career right and how far you've come you've come a long way um, you went to UNR mm-hmm. you national champion um, regional titles you've gotten so much hardware on top of hardware in college for um, not only UNR but for the boxing uh, club as well describe to us kind of like your overall journey through college and you know how it might have been different from just a regular college student you know not like I said not only fighting for UNR but the boxing club in general mm-hmm so, uh, I stumbled upon you in our boxing gym uh, my freshman year. Got invited to go down there by one of the coaches, Dan Holmes. Um, I was also working a part-time job, uh, going to school full-time, and obviously boxing, which is also another full-time job. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to experience college, do everything else, everyone else is doing, rushing fraternities, taking part in ASUN, doing all the events on campus, but... I just got so absorbed in boxing that I didn't really have time for that. And, you know, um, I always told myself every year after my freshman year, after my sophomore year, then after my junior year, I kind of realized, like, you know, I'm actually going to keep boxing. But every, so my freshman and sophomore year, I was like, okay, last year, I'm going to live the college lifestyle. I'm going to have some fun. Never happened. But, you know, people say you go to college to find what you love to do. And lo and behold, you know, I found boxing, which is, you know, hit me from left field. Like, I had no idea that that's what I'd be doing right now. But, um, yeah, so uh, after I finished out my senior year, uh, well, junior year, I won the 139-pound national title. Then I moved up a weight class my senior year, and then I won the 147-pound national title. And since the success kept coming, I, you know, wanted to try my hand at the open amateurs and see where I tested uh, at a national level. So competed state Golden Gloves in 2017. I won that. Uh, then went to regionals 2017. I won that. Went to nationals. I lost uh, third round in. 
Um, then did it again the next year, won state, won regionals, then lost again at nationals. Uh, and then earlier, a uh, couple months ago now, March, uh, end of March, I competed at the Olympic qualifying tournament mm-hmm. and made it to the semifinals. Mm-hmm. You know, and I actually took that tournament because I didn't have a professional fight uh, the beginning of March is when, when it was planned. So I realized, you know, I'm pretty damn good at this. So yeah. finally, everything lined up. Um, got with my promoters. They found me a guy. Uh, they found me a car to fight on. It's, and it's great that it's here in my hometown. So, uh, talking about the success the boxing club has had um, this season, Nevada sent four boxers to nationals, and Davis Alt, who was previously on the show, won the NCBA national championship. Uh, I was kind of curious if you had a connection with the team at all, or and or Davis Alt, if you helped them with training or oh, talking man. through some of that process. Absolutely. So, well, I don't know where to begin. Well, I. I'm down at UNR's gym still, down on Forest mm-hmm. Street. Uh, I work with some of the newer guys, and once they get a little more experience, you know, they'll, they'll spar with me. Mm-hmm. And they only, you only get better by uh, sparring people that are better than you, you know. So I work with those guys in that regard. And then Davis, uh, he actually started training when he was 13. So he started around the same time I did. Mm-hmm. So he's been right there with me. Uh, we've worked with each other. We always work with each other. It's frustrating that he's a southpaw. Yeah, throws me for a loop, but I mean, I've got one of the greatest southpaws in the nation to spar with, and you know, he's got one of the best boxers in the nation to for him to spar with. Right. So, I mean, it works. Yeah. You know, he's a um, what's the What's the future? Do you think? Like, what does his future hold for him? I know um, he said he doesn't really know what the future holds with him with like professional boxing, but what do you think? Does he? You know, like with the ceiling, how high do you think he can go? Oh, the, he he has no ceiling right now I mean he started so young mm-hmm. and he's gotten so good so quick I mean he's at the the point in time where when it comes to collegiate boxing no one's gonna want to fight him in the open season you know people are gonna be required to fight him when it comes regionals nationals because it's a tournament you have to fight mm-hmm. but everyone's gonna want to steer clear of him I think he's gonna eventually do open amateur you know, try his hand at that and he's gonna realize oh hey I'm really good at this too, and he's just gonna go from there. Maybe Olympics if he wants to. I mean, he can do anything. Right. Touching on the Olympics, you said yourself uh, you made it to the semifinals. Um, I think looking ahead, I mean, what would it mean by one day um, fighting on the Olympic stage for you? Um, so unfortunately, once you go professional, you cannot oh, fight on the Olympics on the oh, Olympic team okay. anymore. So, so that that's where I was torn. Right. And, um, the reason uh, being, I, I'm going pro now is because. Uh, Time, my time yep. constraint I have with boxing. Uh, my overall goal is to compete at a world level. I want to be world champ someday. So, I mean, save this. It's going to yeah. be worth millions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm done with that. But, um, yeah, so you can't compete um, in the Olympics if you're a professional fighter. I mean, in other words, you, you have right. guys like right. Triple G or yeah, Mayweather yeah. competing for right. their nations. And, I mean, that, that wouldn't really be fair. Gotcha. So, gotcha. yep. So uh, you're talking about the couple jobs you were working through college, and uh, we read that through the Western qualifiers uh, for the Olympic trials, you were working two jobs as well. How does that work ethic um, kind of come into play? I know your work ethic is probably crazy with boxing, but just in life as well, how would you kind of describe your work ethic? Um, I always want to be the best at whatever I'm doing. You know, uh, I was a package handler over at FedEx. Uh, I tried to be the best at that, learn everything I could. And now I'm I'm uh, operations manager. I got promoted. Um, so my second job is I don't really consider it a job. It's what I love to do. Um, I'm a personal trainer at Elite Boxing and CrossFit, and teaching some boxing classes. 
but I want to instill on those people the mindset that I have, like, be the best. There's no reason that you shouldn't be the best if you work for it, so. Uh, with every sport, every job, every hobby, anything in life, there's always things behind the scenes where people don't really know it even happens. With boxing, we hear about, I mean, with the cutting weight, we hear about, you know, the crazy amount of training hours. But what is something behind the scenes that usually people from the outside don't even know even happens in boxing? So obviously you get in the ring, you're fighting people, you're sparring people. Um, they think it's just, you know, uh, bad blood between everyone. Like you're in there, you're fighting, you're angry. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't the case. I mean, there's just, with the guys that I train with now, I mean, some, uh, Jared Santos, I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He's on the 2015 national team as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, I can't tell you how many times, I don't know if I'm allowed to say curse words yeah. on this thing, but we beat the shit out of each other day in, day out, and, you know, for the last four years, well, yeah. and he even gave me some sparring for prepping for this, yeah. but we're best of friends, I mean, I consider my brother, like, there's a bond in it that, like, you can't really make anywhere else, like, how many times can you punch a friend in the face, multiple times, and be like, alright, Let's go grab a beer. Yeah, right. yeah exactly. it doesn't really happen that often. And yeah. Yeah, every, just in the boxing community in general, it's a huge family. It, it takes a certain person to get hit in the face and be okay with it. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And kind of going with like behind the scenes training. Um, what do you have any like? We see it all the time in movies, like punching like you know big pounds of meat or like something like unorthodox like that. Do you have anything that you do in training that's kind of unorthodox that would be kind of like out of the ordinary a little bit? Nothing really. I mean. Uh, I do like to train my brain a little bit just because, I mean, I picked that up from watching Vasily Lomachenko, you know, mm -hmm. reaction time. Uh, so, I mean, I'll play little games on my phone, right. you know, Lumosity or, you know, uh, any of those brain training games. Um, other than that, I mean, I'll use an agility ladder and have some off-the-wall workouts, just working footwork because, I mean, that's, that's my game plan. It's just mm -hmm. fast feet, you got fast hands. Yeah, fast feet, you're good on defense. You don't need to move your head. You don't need to block punches because you're just out of there. So, uh, you know, America loves the underdog. In boxing, there was a pretty good underdog story recently with Anthony or Andy Ruiz Jr. Um, knocking out Anthony Joshua. Um, I just wanted you to talk on, like, how boxing is unique in the fact that anyone can win on, like, any given day, and then how does that kind of motivate you uh, when you're in the ring? Um, so, with that fight, I just think Anthony Joshua got complacent. You know, he let the fame, the fortune, the glory go to his head. And, you know, he wasn't expecting someone that was hungry, as hungry as Andy Ruiz, who's been boxing since he was six years old, uh, to be coming in there um, as hard as he did. You know, I could just tell from the training videos that I've seen on Instagram or, you know, Facebook and whatnot, that Andy Ruiz was hungry and he was ready for it. And just the way that he was training, uh, his explosiveness, his speed was just insane um and when it came to anthony joshua there's a lot of press on him i mean yeah he has all the state-of-the-art equipment and um all the resources he could possibly use but did he utilize them did he use them to craft his art or his art form like his certain style and he didn't he looked sluggish out there he was stiff and andy ruiz being the boxer that he is and been boxing since he was six years old just took advantage of that and just ran him over um so role models are huge in sports. You were saying how you're, you know, you like to play defense a little bit. You're shifty. You like to get around. Um, was there anyone growing up that you used to watch boxing where you're kind of like you idolized this game and then you just kind of found yourself, you know, kind of boxing the same way, shifty, kind of doesn't yourself, mm. let yourself get hit kind of way? Yeah, well, so, I mean, some role models, not so much since I was a, a little kid. I mean, 
as a little kid is Manny Pacquiao, just because obviously Filipino mm -hmm. parents were those are the only fights that they put on is uh, Manny Pacquiao fights. But as I got older, started actually uh, incorporating boxers that I've seen and their styles, and if I liked it, I would implement them in my own. Uh, have to be Sugar Ray Leonard, um, Wilfredo Benitez, uh, both very defensive fighters, both fast hands, heavy hands with Wilfredo Benitez, and current fighters uh, Vasily Lomachenko. His footwork is just insane. Looks like he's dancing out there. Um, and there's a newer pro out, Josh Kelly. Pretty flashy fighter. I like his style. Really slick, you know, defensive counter puncher. So everything that they're doing, I'm trying to implement. Every time I spar, I'll focus one round. Like, okay, he slips to the right, there's a right uppercut. So I'll practice that an entire round with my sparring partners right. for an entire day, if that need be. But, right. Yeah. All right. So, well, we're going to be wrapping up. But I just want to know if me and Tyler stepped into a ring with you, both of us. How long do you think it would take you to knock both of us out? Oh, knock you guys <laughs> yes, out? Yes, yes. Oh, man. I would Whoa. give it, like, <laughs> half of a round, maybe. I'm like, going, like, 30 seconds yeah. a minute. What would, you, what, would you, what would you say? Well, I don't know. What's your guys' fighting experience? No, no, no. I took one karate class. Oh, it's no, to find it. knocking out, because I don't, I mean, I'm not going to be an ass. We'll do knockout. We'll yeah, yeah we'll like, just Like, where you guys just, like, tap. Yeah, Okay, then. Both of you at the same time? Probably... I'll give you guys like a minute. Yeah. Focus yeah. 30 <laughs> seconds on each. <laughs> there you go. I love it. I love it. All right. Two days from now, step into the ring. What do you think is your number one advantage over Flanoy? Uh, my length. I'm, I'm definitely taller than him. Uh, he's going to be a shorter guy, but shorter guy means he's going to be trying to funnel his way on the inside. Um, so that's when my footwork comes into play. I'm going to get away, get around him, uh, keep him away with my jab, with my longer shots. Um, if he tries to dip under, lift, lift him up with some uppercuts and take his head off with some hooks. I love it, dude. Well, good luck, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks for thanks for meeting with us. Yeah, man. I really course, do appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to our interview with JJ Moreno. Another huge shout out to JJ for coming on the show. I appreciate it and thank you. And good luck on Saturday, June 8th for your pro debut. In other news, guys, please stay tuned for some breaking Nevada basketball news. And we are also going to be recapping and highlighting some other Nevada sports news. So please stay tuned next week for some more Pack Center updates.